The Gospel of today, The Temptations of Jesus. Three synoptic Gospels speak about it. It is a spiritual truth and a spiritual reality that happened to Jesus not only once in his life, but all through his life. And because it happened to Jesus, um, it, is, it is something that will happen to each one of us as well. Actually, it is those who are trying to live a good life, those who are trying to, to be close to God. They're the very people who will encounter the evil one in their life more than anyone else. Something else we have to be aware of, that, that temptations, a temptation is only a temptation when it is desirable. And that is something we have to, gives us a great insight into Jesus Christ, that the temptations that we have today, there's something in them that were desirable to him. And it is something that he could achieve. It is a sign not of weakness, but that of strength as well. So they are the kind of the ground rules to temptations in our lives. They are incredibly subtle, and the evil one is incredibly subtle in our lives, because like God, can't show his hand because then we get power over him if he shows his hand. So it's always a suggestion. And notice the beginning of the temptations, if you are the son of God. That word if is where the power comes in. So what Jesus is looking at is, as he is about to begin his ministry, what is the correct way to think about himself as the Messiah? What is the correct way to think about himself as a human being and as a son of God? And the three temptations come in a social temptation, a political temptation, and a spiritual temptation. The first temptation is that Jesus will turn stones into bread. Now, very much so, the poor people that lived among Jesus would have loved that to happen. They would have loved Jesus to turn stones into bread because they were hungry. They would very much have loved those who were blind, those who were lame, those who were crippled, everyone would have loved Jesus to heal them, to feed them, and nurture them in every way. And that is why Jesus constantly moved from one village to another, because he did not want, get, did not want to get trapped into the temptation of becoming a miracle worker. When God fed the people of Israel in the Old Testament, he fed them with manna in the desert, then he fed them with, the, with, the, 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 with quails, and then they decided that they wanted an abundant amount of water as well. But people then began to make demands on God and said, if you don't give us food and bread and well-being, then you are not with us, if you are with us or not. So this is where the, the temptation is for Jesus. It was a temptation he had to be a miracle worker. But he turned away from that and he realized 
that what his life was about was bringing people into conversion, bringing people into a renewed heart, a renewed relationship with God, a new understanding of God, and a new understanding of their role in the world in which we live in. So that is what Jesus and what his work was about. Because he knew if he could convert people's hearts, if he could restore right relationship with God and each other, then, then as today, and particularly today, if people had a renewed heart today and a right relationship with God, then everyone in the world today, there would, nobody would be hungry. It's, it's, it's a fact that there is enough food in the world to feed everyone in the world today. If people had a right relationship with God. Actually, there is enough money in the world today that everybody would have adequate health care and education. But because people do not have hearts that are close to God, there is selfishness and greed in the world in which we live in. So God doesn't cause dependency. And God doesn't do for us what we can do for ourselves. So the first temptation that Jesus encountered was one of a social temptation to create us as dependent, as inferior. And people who are dependent and inferior ultimately end up filled with resentment. And God does not want that for each one of us. The second one, temptation, is political. And uh, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> You're probably all wondering what I'm going to say here. <laughs> but the temptation, notice that when the devil failed on one temptation, he brought Jesus to a higher place. He escalated the temptation. So people who were oppressed at the time of Jesus were hoping that he would lead a revolution against the Romans because they were being terribly oppressed and were suffering dreadfully. Their children were dying of starvation. People were oppressed and suffering in a terrible way. So it is a legitimate idea that would have crossed the mind of Jesus that perhaps he should lead a revolt against the Romans because it would have eased the suffering of the whole people of Israel at that time. But Jesus would only be able to do it if he did it on the terms of the evil one. And this is where we have to be very attentive. And that is the two words for the evil one are Satanus and Diabolus, the accuser and the divider. Because if you bow down and worship me, the way of the world, and especially the way of politics, it works by accusation and division. And how well do we know that today? Accusation and division. It's gone to this stage, certainly in the United States, where you can't even discuss real, uh, politics with people. Such is, is the level of accusation and division that occurs. And uh, when you see people running for election, I've never seen anywhere else in the world that is so filled with evil 
than political campaigns in the United States. I've never seen it anywhere else, as toxic as it is here. So we can see very easily and very, very right before our eyes the level of evil in the accusation and division that exists among people. And Jesus was not going to influence people in that way. And he was not going to partake in getting power for himself or influence over people by accusing and dividing people. Very simply, Jesus wanted to focus on reconciliation and repentance. He was inviting people to not enter into accusation and division. What he was inviting people into was to see a deeper truth in other people, to see a deeper blessing and a deeper gift in other people, and to try and bring people to a place where they can work together out of their goodness, out of their gratitude, out of their gifts, and in that way that everybody would work towards the common good. It wasn't it was it is never served the common good in god's kingdom is never served by accusation and division that is so evident in the world in which we live in today the third and final temptation that jesus uh, entered into was he was taken to the top of the temple and he said throw yourself down and the angel will catch you and you will not hurt your ha- you, you will not hurt your feet you you will be saved and this is a very much a spiritual temptation because the temptation can come to all of us that especially when our back is against the wall when maybe a child is sick or somebody has cancer and, and, and very bad things are going on in somebody's lives the one thing that is very difficult to deal with at a time like that is the complete and absolute freedom that God gives us in our lives. The only thing that God can do in our lives is love us and love us unconditionally. And the temptation is that God would enter into a situation and take it over. And this is not what God does. God loves us so much he cannot take away his absolute and pure love. He cannot take away our freedom. Because once he takes away our freedom, then we no longer are are his children, children of God, co-heirs with with Christ. And that is a a love that is a very challenging love. And it is a love that ultimately parents have to manifest as well in their own lives. When they raise their children and they have to let them become who they are meant to be as well. The temptation is probably to try and manipulate them or force them or coerce them in some way. But it is very difficult to have pure love which gives absolute freedom for for the person that we love. So it is not indifference. God's God's, uh, freedom that he gives us is not a freedom that is indifferent. It is a commitment to us, total and absolute, of his unconditional love. And that it is there, even in death itself, as we saw when Jesus was risen from the dead. So when I speak about the temptations of Jesus Christ in the Gospel, 
It is important that we remember that this is something every one of us will encounter. Not only now and again in our lives, but perhaps even daily, in whatever we find ourselves dealing with in life. It is something to be aware of, something to acknowledge, and also something to, to know that it is very simple to say to the temptation, get behind me, just as D Jesus did as well, and to go on and live life and life in its fullness.